it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. We are broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never accused anyone of voter suppression. Check this out. Early voting is up 200% in Georgia, and Stacey Abrams is claiming with a straight face that Republicans are holding back the vote. Stacey Abrams is full of We really are living in the death of shame, especially when you consider that several members of the media, we will play their clips, agreed with Stacey Abrams. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. True story, and we will get into it, as well as Joe Biden's claim that high gas prices are actually a good thing because they're part of an incredible transition to green energy. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. No arguments here. 888-788-9910. If you want your voice heard in this audio safe space for cool people, where I say every day, I don't care how you vote. I'm not an activist. I am a talk show host. My job is not to steer you in one direction or another politically. My idea, uh, my job anyway, are to hear your ideas, share some of mine, and uh, have a couple of laughs along the way. If I'm in charge of our democracy, we're all screwed. Okay, I know that. So this is me staying in my lane and telling you to stay in yours, whatever it happens to be. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a that is all. Uh, quick TV update. I will be on Greg Gutfeld Thursday. Myself and Fox's lovable comedy dwarf. Getting the band back together Thursday night at 11 o'clock on Fox News. Saturday night, you'll see me on Lawrence Jones Cross Country with Lawrence. That's going to be a banger. Uh, and this coming Monday, I will make my debut on The Five. The Five. Highest rated show on Fox News right now. You will see me there on Memorial Day. That's a big one uh, for your radio, buddy. But we begin uh, not in New York City with me on television with people far more talented than myself. Uh, we begin down in Georgia where people are running for governor far less talented uh, than myself. Correct the mundo. Let's have a quick how did we get here moment, shall we? Okay, if you remember, Georgia, okay, last summer, was passing a voter ID law that demanded, uh, required anyone going to the polls, anyone going to the polls to show a valid state ID to prove that they were who they were, okay? We were told in response to that voter ID law that this was Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. I think this is Jim Crow on steroids. Democrats are so full of crap. Oh, they really are. But if you remember, this is where it started. Okay, the Republican state legislature in Georgia wanted voter ID laws. Now, understand, you cannot be a member of polite society if you don't have an ID. And you can't drive a car, can't open a bank account. Oh, by the way, you can't get a vaccine. You have to prove who you are in order to get a vaccine. You get a vaccine card from the state that verifies your status so you can go forth and participate in society. 
By the way, you can't board a plane without an ID, nor can you buy a beer at a Major League Baseball game. Why do I bring those things up? Because companies boycotted the state of Georgia. I'm talking about airline companies. I'm talking about soft drink companies that were, in fact, also selling alcohol. I'm talking about Major League Baseball itself, which moved the Major League All-Star game out of Atlanta. They moved it out of Atlanta. They're like, ah, oh, these early voting laws. It's uh, We're with the president. This is Jim Crow on steroids. Never mind that 82% of the American people supported voter ID. Never mind that the black community overwhelmingly supported it. 77% of black voters are in favor of voter ID. Why? Because they want to be treated as equals. They don't want to be infantilized. They don't want to be subjected to the soft bigotry of low expectations that says you can't expect a black American in the year 2022 to get a voter ID. Hello. We had a black president. He served two terms. Granted, he wasn't any good at the gig. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But that's where the ceiling is for black America. That's where the ceiling is right now. In 2022, it's president. Okay, I'm not saying it's the best job in the world, but it's a pretty high-profile job. Okay, that's where the ceiling is in this oppressive nation where we're being accused of holding back the black community by treating them as equals to everybody else. But I bring all of this up. Why? Because after moving the All-Star game, after gaslighting the country, after slandering the law, and the people who supported it, if you remember, Joe Biden famously said he went down to Georgia after they won a national title. College football team in Athens having the biggest keg party in the history of America. Biden shows up the next day to call everybody a white supremacist. They're like, who's this old man yelling at us in the middle of the keg party? But what did he famously say? Now's the time to choose if we're going to be on the side of Bull Connor and Jefferson Davis and George Wallace, because that's what he equated supporting Georgia's voter ID law to. That meant you were Jim Crow on steroids. You were Bull Connor. You were Jefferson Davis. You were that bad. This out of the guy, by the way, who was supposed to unify the country. Unity beats in my soul. But if you vote against me, you're Jim Con- you're uh, Bull Connor, Jefferson Davis, and George Wallace. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they did us. And the reason I bring it up is because the early returns so far in Georgia show that turnout is up over 200%. Oh, wow! And it is way up, way up in the minority community. But are we getting any, like, retraction from the Democrats? The answer would be no. Of course not. Any of their allies in the media going, huh, joke's on us! The answer would be no. No, in fact, a lot of them are doubling down, including Stacey Abrams, and as you might have guessed, Joy Reid. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Oh, my goodness gracious. Here it is, Joy Reid, uh, reacting to the fact that voter, voter, voter turnout is up. Voter turnout is up. But she wants you to believe it doesn't mean we don't have suppression. Here it is, clip one. I feel like... A narrative is sort of congealing among much of the political press that comes from Republicans, but it is settling in even amongst some folks in my profession, that because lots of people turned out, 857,000 so far and counting, that means that there is no voter suppression in Georgia. But I note, as I did in the intro, that it's largely, you know, substantially more Republicans. They're not the ones who have long lines. They get to breeze right through. They're not the ones who have suppression. And this is in-person voting. This isn't mail-in. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Yeah, we really are. We're living in the death of shame. 
Why are there more Republicans turning out than Democrats? Are you ready for it? Enthusiasm. Bingo. That's it. That's the whole answer. If you look at the other primaries across the country, Republican turnout much higher than Democrat turnout, not because of lines, not because of suppression, but because we have a president in office right now who's currently polling behind ISIS. Biden sucks. Dude, the guy's at 31 percent with independents, which means he's at 31 percent with Democrats. But a lot of them don't want to admit that because our politics have become so petty and personal. You don't ever accept that your side is doing bad. Okay, well, things have gotten bad enough in terms of inflation and baby formula and gas prices and the border being out of control that you are starting to see people step outside their comfort zone and go, oh, yeah, by the way, we got this one wrong. The guy in office right now happens to be the biggest idiot we've ever elected. And let's not act like he surrounded himself by geniuses because most of the other people in the administration are morons, too. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. But there is Joy Reid. When in doubt. Race it out. That's what they do on the left. Here is Stacey Abrams, the sitting governor of Georgia. It's weird because she claims that the last election was stolen from her. She claims she has never conceded, which technically speaking would make her the sitting governor of Georgia. But here she is uh, running uh, for the office. And she says just because, you know, the numbers don't bore it out doesn't mean there's not suppression. Listen to this desperation. It's clip two. The equivalent of saying that more people voting means there's no suppression is like telling people that if you get in the water, there are no sharks. If more people get in the water, there are fewer sharks. That, there's no correlation there. Voter suppression is about blocking or impeding certain types of voters from participating in elections. And as you pointed out, right now, Republicans have the most competitive elections. But what we also don't know is what is the mail-in ballot rejection rate? What are the difficulties people are having? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Okay, so here you go. She wants you to understand that just because the numbers are up doesn't mean they're not being suppressed. But so ignore that. Ignore the numbers that we have and instead focus on the numbers we don't have. We don't know what level of ballots are being rejected. Are you ready? Are you ready for the number of ballots that are being rejected? The number is just about zero. (laughs) Folks, in the history, in the history of this whole entire voter suppression charade. We have never gotten a single solitary human being that has come forward in America and said, hey, I'm registered to vote, but they wouldn't let me. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Dude, that person would be winning Nobel Prizes. They'd be on the cover of Time magazine. They would be a political martyr for all of this, all of our lifetime. This, you know, duly registered person who was denied the right to vote. Can anybody tell me there's a person out there? Come forward. Call the show. I'd love to be wrong. I'm I'm married, which means I'm wrong all the time. I'm used to it. Even when I'm right, I'm wrong. God love you, Jenny. But can anybody show me? Can anybody show me someone who was denied the right to vote? The answer would be no. But they're still running on it because we're living in the death of shame. And when you don't have the facts, you know, the old saying, when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you got nothing, pound the table. They are literally pounding the table on voter suppression in the face of overwhelming fact. But why do they keep making this appeal to racism? There's no deliverable here. Okay, we know the votes aren't being suppressed. They're breaking turnout records. But what's the real issue facing the black community right now? School choice crushing the black community. The Democrats won't support it. Because they're a wholly owned subsidiary of the teachers unions. Inner city crime 
disproportionately harming the black community. Democrats aren't going anywhere near the issue because they think it's a political liability. Okay, drug overdoses harming every single community in this country. We're not doing a damn thing about the border. And oh, by the way, nobody can afford gas and inflation's at a 40-year high. But we're not having that conversation. We're screaming and yelling about voter suppression because it's a lot easier to fight an invisible threat than it is to deal with the real ones that their party created. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Are you tired of losing political debates because your party doesn't have any good ideas? I had the same problem until I got racism, the Democrat prescription that reduces every single issue to race problems. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Using racism can make you feel like a good person, even if you're patently terrible. I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected. And with no basis in fact, personal attacks have never been easier. Whether you're slandering an ex-president. I don't think they like me very much. Or even a dead children's author. Mom, they canceled Dr. Seuss. So don't waste your time finding solutions to real problems. Create pretend problems. It's not enough to say I'm not a racist in America. I need to be anti-racist. Warning. A percentage of Democrats who used racism experienced limited grasp of facts and were prone to blurting out racist things themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Ask your government-provided doctor about racism today. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Then and now. Ordering baby formula then. Excuse me, could I get by? I'm just trying to get two cases of baby formula to throw in my cart. Of course. Let me help you with that. How old's the baby? She's two months. Aw, that's so sweet. Here you go. Thank you. Have a nice day. Ordering baby formula now. Excuse me, could I get by? I'm, I'm just trying to get two cases of baby formula. Over my dead body? Those are my cases. Hey, I saw them first. How old is that baby? Two months? Give it a bottle of milk. I've got your bottle right here. Ah! Have a nice day. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And yes, the baby formula flying off shelves, sometimes in a violent manner. That was Jenny Fallon, by the way. Some good voiceover work right there by one member of the Jackson 3 that resides in my house. But yes, at a time when we are facing a shortage of baby formula, when goods are at a 40-year high, the gas right now, I paid five thirty-five for a gallon of gas in my Bronco this morning. What the hell did you just say? Yo, five thirty-five, man. If I was driving a cab right, I would I'm not even kidding, I'm not trying to be funny. Like if I was driving a cab right now, Jenny would be opening up an OnlyFans online and I'd be turning tricks behind the gas station. Oh yes, I've read about that in the Bible. I mean it's bad, man, okay? But rather than focusing on these real issues that are crushing Americans, what are they doing on the left? They're still running with this voter suppression charade. Yamishi Alcindor over at MSNBC. She's going to be working with Jen Psaki. They just announced that deal. We'll get to that in a little bit. 
But Yamishi says the GOP believes black people don't deserve their citizenship. That was embarrassing. Oh, I mean, we're living in the death of shame. Here it is. Clip four. Also, I would say that there also is racism in there, and the racism is a lie, right? Right, Right? exactly. It's like the lie and racism, which is a lie, which is that these black people, they don't deserve the access to to citizenship in the way that other Americans do, that they haven't worked for it, that they don't don't understand sort of the, the weight of American democracy, and as a result, we need to make decisions for them. Can you imagine being that stupid? (laughs) No. Yo, I mean it. Okay, Yumishi, I'll say she's a stupid person. Has nothing to do with her race or her gender. She's either stupid or a weapons grade level of sociopath to get out there and say the GOP. Okay, you know, the party of Tim Scott, the first black man to serve in both houses of Congress. You know, the party of Lincoln who freed the slaves. Yeah, the GOP. They don't think black people are entitled to their citizenship. That's why they went out and fought. Ahem. A civil war where over a half a million people died. They were so against the idea of black citizenship that half a million of them died just to prove the point. Come on, man. We're living in the death of shame. Okay, asking someone to provide an ID. Okay, understand is an ID, a voter ID, a license, a driver's license, something you cannot have. Unless you are a citizen of this country. That's true. That is true. So they're not denying people citizenship. They're flat out saying your citizenship is your ticket to ride. But in this instant, Yamishi Alcindor would rather you focus on this pretend world where Republicans are out to get black America. This is why black America, this is why Hispanic America are now leaving the Democratic Party in double digits. Yo, they didn't ask for pretend racial grievance. What they asked for was a level playing field. Hey, could we not be stuck in failing inner city schools where the dirtbag teachers are protected by unions that own the Democratic Party? And the Democrats were like, shut up. No. Hey, can we like, I don't know, not defund the police, especially if the ones calling to defund the police are going to keep their police details? The Democrats, shut up. Okay, the biggest threat facing the black community right now is not Republicans wanting to deny them citizenship. It's the Democrats showing a patent indifference to the real time suffering being caused in this world by their indifference to real problems because they'd rather sit here and yell and scream again about pretend racism than solve real issues, issues, of course, that are being caused again and again and again by the democratic mismanagement of the cities in this country. I admire your honesty. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. Biden is a man 
Who's lost all his marbles We know he ain't right And Jen was there to Cover for him every day Make each crisis seem okay She's so dead inside Her soul was so empty Then she realized TV would pay plenty Oh, Saki Well, you came and you lied to our faces Got a giant payday, oh, Saki Well, you covered for Biden's disgraces Now you're going away, oh, Saki It is official Right here out of the New York Times Jen Saki has joined MSNBC as a host and commentator. Saki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. A lot of people feel that way. Uh, but Jen Saki, who I met, who was very polite, I met her at a DC cocktail party three weeks ago. Uh, she will now be uh, a contributor over at MSNBC, and she's supposedly going to host a streaming show on Peacock, which is their subscription network. Don't all run out and subscribe at once. I, I can hear you trampling your way over. Uh, to the Internet to sign up for the show. It's not actually going to f- start until the fall uh, of 2023 as far as the streaming show. Uh, but she will be uh, a political analyst throughout the midterm elections and during the 2024 presidential campaign where the Democrats will undoubtedly be nominating literally anyone, literally anyone but Joe Biden. Biden's lost his marbles. I mean, the further proof of that claim coming in something I'm about to play you right here. Okay, Biden yesterday has given a speech. As you know, he took a swing over to Asia. Yesterday he was uh, sitting with reporters, taking some questions, and he spoke at length about the gas crisis. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did, and we recorded it. We have a clip of it so we could discuss it, okay? But essentially what he was saying, and if we take you all the way back to the beginning, as you know, the gas prices are this is part of an extraordinary transition Away from fossil fuels. Take it away. It's clip 20. Here's the situation. And when it comes to the gas prices, uh, we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that, God willing, when it's over, we'll be stronger and the world will be stronger unless we rely on fossil fuels when this is over. What an idiot. <laughs> Here it is. We're going through this extraordinary transition. So he's essentially telling you that the pain is the point. Yeah, gas is $2 a gallon higher, but it's this extraordinary transition. You're transitioning from someone who drives your car to someone who's going to wind up living in your car because it's so expensive for gas, you can't afford anything else. What are we talking about? We're nowhere near this transition and understand how the messaging has changed because when we – And you need to know this. Okay, it's very important. All I want is an honest conversation. I don't care who you vote for. I'm going home to hang out with Jenny and play Lincoln and Madden. Maybe smoke a cigar on the patio, no matter who you vote for. It's just I'm just being real with you, pal. Okay, but we need a fair conversation in this country. We need an honest conversation. When Joe Biden dipped into our strategic oil reserves and started telling us it was Putin's price hike. You don't understand. It's Putin's price hike. But we're dipping into the strategic oil reserves. And never mind that gas had been going up for 14 straight months before Putin invaded Ukraine. And never mind that the strategic oil reserves are there in case our ability to produce oil is debilitated. 
by an act of war or an act of God, Mother Nature or birthing person nature, if you lean to the left. But the point is the strategic oil reserves are not supposed to be there to help somebody's poll numbers. But lo and behold, when things got dicey for Biden at the polls, what did he do? He said, hey, I'm going to release a million barrels of oil a day. Okay, and he told us at the time what? And you'll see prices. They will continue to go down. That's the thing. I'm going to release the million barrels. Prices are going to go down. Here it is on March uh, 31st, clip 26. My guess is we'll see it come down, continue to come down. Um, But how far down, I don't think anyone can tell. And there's going to be a slight delay because if you go out there and you're a gas station and you purchased X amount of gas at a certain price, you're not going to lower the price of the pump until you're able to get back what you invested. And that I'm talking matter of, I think, you know, days and weeks. But it's hard to tell. And the other thing is, exact, but it will come down. And it could come down fairly significantly. It could come down the better part of, you know, anything from 10 cents to... 35 cents a gallon. That's not what I heard, Joe. No, what we actually heard is since Biden made that statement, the price of gas has gone up 50 cents. 50 cents. Gas is going to come down. Could be 10 cents. Could be 35. Yo, these are our strategic oil reserves. So understand, we depleted our own ability in a time of war or in a time of weather-related crisis, we have now depleted our own ability to function as a country. And by the way, it didn't actually lower the price of gas. That can't be good. So now we've transitioned from, oh, gas is going to come down. It's going to come down. Don't worry about it. It's going to come down to, hey, look at it on the bright side. We're part of this remarkable transition. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. No, it's it's remarkable. It's a good transition. That's what's going on here. Forget prices coming down. Think of all the good going on in your life right now when you pay $5 for a gallon of gas. Yo, I'm telling you, we're living in the death of shame. And I am not here to stump for Donald Trump. I, I genuinely don't think he's running in 2024. I know that's not popular to say. I, I actually don't think he's running. And I do think if he runs, I don't think he's going to get the Republican nomination. I think everybody who tells you right now, oh, if Trump runs, I'm not running. They're all running. They all want to be president. Okay, and they will use his own words and deeds against him. You don't hear a lot out of the Republicans about January 6th. If Donald Trump runs for president, you're going to hear a lot about, you know, out of Republicans about January 6th. You are. It's going to happen. It's what it's going to do. It's politics. Okay, but the truth is. What Donald Trump was doing was exponentially better for the country. And I draw the distinction of I don't think he's running. I don't think he's going to get the nomination because I want you to understand that when I communicate with you as a radio host, like I really take this seriously, man. It's a big deal to me that I get to talk to this many people every day. And I try to use this platform responsibly. And I try to really give you what is my honest to goodness, you know, best good faith take on what's going on in the world. Okay, the one benefit going from Trump to Biden for all of us, okay, is now that we're back to watching what a traditional status quo politician does, we realize just how big this charade had always been, okay? And what I mean by that is every time Biden screws something up, let's start with the border, okay? It's not a crisis. This is the Republicans. They're just trying to work people up. They want to turn people against me. The border's not a crisis, all right, they break the record for border crossing six months in a row. Okay, guys, it's a 
It's a uh, temporary crisis, seasonal. The weather went up. It's temporary, won't be around forever. But, you know, it's here, and yes, it's, it's a temporary crisis, but it'll go away soon. Okay, then when it doesn't go away. MAGA, Trump, white supremacy, Vladimir Putin. I'm telling you, it's all bad stuff rolled into one. That was the border. Where are we with inflation? Oh, inflation's not a crisis. You put a quarter in the swear jar if you call it a crisis. Okay, a few months later. All right, inflation's a bit of a crisis. You're going to have to put 42 cents in the square jar. The square jar has gone up like every other good you pay for. Uh, But it's, again, it's not going to be here long. It's transitory. It's not going to be here long. Okay, inflation's been here a year now. MAGA, Putin, Ukraine, white supremacy. This is what goes on. Okay, now look at this gas deal. Okay, gas had gone up for 14 straight months. Putin invades Ukraine. We get the hashtag Putin's price hike. All right. Gas isn't the thing. That's the Republicans. All right. Putin's invading Ukraine. It's his price hike. Okay, but don't worry. I'm releasing the strategic oil reserves, acknowledging the crisis. It'll go away. Ten cents, maybe 35 cents. Okay, so it's gone up 50 cents since then. But look at it on the bright side. You're part of this beautiful transition. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Traditional politicians are just here to pee on your leg (laughs) and tell you the rain has been caused by climate change, actually. They're not going to tell you it's flat out raining. They're going to say it's not enough to just say it's raining. They're going to pee on your leg and say, well, if we cut emissions, if everybody could join John Kerry on a private jet and fly over to Davos, Switzerland, we wouldn't have all this peeing on the leg. You know, that's the issue. This is what traditional politicians do. And I really, I try to highlight this so you guys understand the fraud of this. The fraud we have all been privy to over the course of our lifetimes here in American politics. They're not in the you and me business. They're in the them business. Okay, and by them, I mean their political party. I'm not doing the woke thing where them means one person or they means one person. But here is a a random act of journalism. Okay, you don't get enough of these in the media today. So if I see one, I do have to call it out. I do do have to celebrate this. The late, great Rush Limbaugh would say, you know, random act of journalism every once in a while. Someone doing an interview, someone writing a piece would demonstrate some actual intellectual curiosity. Okay, well, there was a member of the Biden administration trying to make the case that, oh, you know, this is it's all Putin. You know, we all know the prices only went up because of Vladimir Putin. And, uh, you know, Jake Tapper over at CNN, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge Jake Tapper fan. I'm not exactly buying the CNN box set over here. CNN is the worst. I might buy the <laughs> I might buy the CNN Plus box set. It's a little bit easier to get through in terms of time. Uh, but he actually said to a member of the Biden administration, like, hey, you can't put this all on Putin. You can't blame Putin. Do we? OK, it is clip 21. We're one week away from Memorial Day. Should Americans be buckling up for these high prices for the entire summer? Well, we're doing every, everything we can to try to bring those prices down. As you know, uh, this all emanates from uh, Putin's decision to invade Ukraine, which took Russian all oil of off the market. Not all of it. I mean, some of it, yes. Since, just, just to be really clear, since troops started amassing on the Ukrainian border and there was the concern that Russian supplies would come off, we've seen prices at the pump go up $1.50. That is the price hike that is associated with the impact of taking Russian supply off the market. You're not telling me the truth. You understand the way they're trying to clarify here. Okay, is yes, I concede the point that since Putin invaded Ukraine, prices have gone up. But you have to also accept that prices had gone up 14 straight months before then. Why? Because we had cut supply in this country. 
We were energy independent when Joe Biden took office. But like he did with Trump's border policies, he took uh, a red pen to Trump's energy policies. And they declared war on the fossil fuel industry, which in turn cut production, which took us from a net exporter, a net exporter, meaning we're shipping it out of the country, selling it to other countries for profit, to a net importer, meaning we're now reliant on other parts of the world for the oil that we consume. So you understand Putin invading Ukraine can only affect us if Joe Biden does what he does to our energy sector. I agree with that. Otherwise, Putin's invading Ukraine. We're just here watching it, you know, shipping over $40 billion while Americans are starving. But the point is we're not really taking the beating. We're taking at the pump. Okay, right now people are flat out being crushed. And when you see the government sending $40 billion to another country, it, you know, it kind of creates the feeling of... Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. And that's the issue, okay, is... They're the first people to give you an excuse. Ah, oh, it's Putin's fault. It's MAGA's fault. It's white supremacy's fault. But none of that actually helps you deal with the crisis. So while Joe Biden's off in Delaware licking an ice cream cone and sometimes confusing it for a microphone and talking into it like he's doing an interview, you're working on a Sunday just so you can pay for gas and it's all his fault. Well, I filled up Sunday morning with no way to pay for gas that didn't hurt. And I skipped another breakfast because it cost a hundred bucks to get to work. When I started up my pickup, off I go to spend an extra day at work. Biden's caused inflation everywhere, and things get more expensive every day. On a Sunday morning side job, I'm wishing, oh, that I was home. But I'm working on a Sunday. It's so expensive driving, but we all need to get around. So I'm working on a Sunday till the gas price starts coming down. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. It is the high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Jennifer Granholm, she is your energy secretary. She was on Capitol Hill being questioned by Josh Hawley, said with a straight face, that the president's policies are not to blame for the energy prices. That is a fact check false. Here it is, clip 27. It is not administration policies that have affected supply and demand. How can you say that? Why don't you answer my question? From January to August, 
the price of gasoline was up over 30% in my state alone. I'm are you telling me, sure. me, Madam Secretary, are you telling me under oath that these policies had no effect? No, they did not. Ask That is Vladimir a remarkable Putin statement. I have to say, Madam Secretary, with all due respect, your answers are insulting. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Straight up. Did you hear her try to work it in there? She tried to say, ask Vladimir Putin. Yo. He said to her from January to August, the price of gas was up 30% in my state alone. He was talking about the previous January to August, meaning six months before Putin invaded Ukraine. I think he's got a point. But they're still trying to pivot to Putin. And they want you to believe, oh, the president has no control over this stuff. Here's John Kennedy from Louisiana telling Sean Hannity uh, it's the exact opposite, clip 23. Quite the opposite. Uh, the, President Biden says that he has no control over over gasoline prices and oil prices. You can't have regulatory control over the drilling, transport, storage, uh, refining, trading, and taxation of oil as the president does, and accurately make that statement. And the American people just don't believe him because it's just not true. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. In the new version of Network, it's actually, I'm as broke as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I mean, this is madness. Yo, as a guy who spent most of his adult life driving a cab, uh, gas at these numbers, it really, like, it shocks my conscience. It breaks my heart. And the fact that the people responsible for it just want you to get mad at Vladimir Putin is why they're about to get their asses handed to them at the polls come November. I just wish there was some consolation for you in the meantime, because the people in this White House have no idea what they're doing. Tell them like it is. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are fired up to bring you a big hour, a plus-sized hour. So it's a large hour uh, of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be joined by North Carolina Representative Greg Murphy, who is an actual doctor, who is going to discuss everything. We're going all in. Monkeypox, vaccine stuff. They're remasking kids out in Pennsylvania right now as we speak. That's Use your common sense. It sure is. We're going to get into the baby formula shortage. And again, we're going to discuss all of this with a doctor, like an actual doctor. This is not like that time on The View where Whoopi Goldberg recommended Jill Biden for Surgeon General. Take that one away, Josh. I want to hear that and laugh. (laughs) Dr. Jill becomes a Surgeon General. His wife. Yeah. Joe Biden's wife. Because she, you know, he would never do it. But she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I she's I a doctor like, and PhD. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, I, don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe I thought she was yeah, a teacher. I think she's, I she's, she's oh. a teacher, but. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. <laughs> Still fighting. That was Whoopi Goldberg. She's on The View. In March of 2020, I think Dr. Jill Biden should become the next Surgeon General because she's a phenomenal doctor. She's a really good doctor. Girl, please stop talking right now. Yeah, it uh, turned out she was uh, not a doctor doctor per se. Uh, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Dre, Dr. J on the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, as much of a medical doctor as Jill Biden happens to be. And I take nothing away 
from Jill Biden. This is a woman who speaks two languages. She speaks English and she speaks Joe. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. She can translate that. But the point is, uh, the man joining us in this hour from the great state of North Carolina is an actual doctor. And he's going to weigh in on some actual problems we are facing right now in this moment. Where, as you know, uh, the Biden administration, a big photo op yesterday. Hey, we're bringing in some baby food from Germany. I know we've got a shortage of baby formula in this country. And what Biden sees is, you know, a win, posting a win. Hey, we got the plane flying in. To most rational people is a loss. We're the richest country in the world. The idea that there are food shortages in our country, let alone for babies in our country, is not something you want to draw attention to. But this is what happens when idiots are in charge. Here is, of all people, Mika Brzezinski. And you know I'm no fan of Morning Joe or Mika Brzezinski. One of the hardest things I ever had to do was drive a taxi and listen to their radio show. Thankfully, I didn't have to listen to it long because it wasn't on the air very long. No, it was it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my adult life. And I've told you this constantly, like radio saved my life as a cab driver. You know, I for most of the time I spent driving a cab, I was like so broke and just so exhausted, man, working like 15 hours a day. And I had ambition, like I wanted to be a comic, you know, go on TV. I actually, you know, wanted to host my own radio show someday. And I spent a lot of time listening to radio as a means of passing the time. And, you know, the good shows were fantastic. Like you had Rush Limbaugh for three hours in your cab. You had three hours of work that you barely felt. That was great. It was engaging. It was fun. It was funny. It was provocative. It was great, you know. But once in a while, you'd turn the dial and Joe and Mika would be on. And I, I really do mean this, though. The, the, the worst thing I've ever listened to, just far and away the most difficult, self-righteous, self-satisfied garbage I've ever listened to. Uh, I, I wouldn't listen to it again at gunpoint, uh, and I understand the success of their show, it being one of the highest streaming programs in Guantanamo Bay. Now that you can no longer waterboard people, they show them Joe and Mika. You know, you, <laughs> you confess! We're going to show you another clip of him and Willie Geist patting each other on the back. That's what it is. It's Morning Joe. And if that doesn't break them, they show them clips from The View. The View is awful. So understand, okay, I'm no fan of Mika Brzezinski, but when even she is calling out the Biden administration for bragging about their big baby formula photo op, you know Biden has kind of lost the country, okay? He's in a really bad spot. He's the worst president we've ever seen. And I don't take any joy in saying that. Lincoln lives here. Jenny lives here. My mom lives here. My family lives here. I don't want the country to be doing what it's doing. I don't get any joy out of saying I told you so because I'm not emotionally invested enough in politics to care. I don't like I, I have not given politics that kind of power over my life where my happiness comes from being able to say I beat a bunch of strangers in today's news cycle. Oh, we're going to bed with my party doing better. You know, that mentality, that mindset, that political lifestyle is why the country sucks right now. So we elected a guy, Joe Biden, purely purely because a lot of people didn't like Donald Trump. The fact that we had record low unemployment didn't matter. The fact that illegal border crossings were down didn't matter. The fact that black households were the single biggest gainers of household net worth didn't matter to the Democrats. They didn't care about that. The fact that he gave a, a historically black colleges and universities their highest recurring funding endowment ever, throw that out the window. Never mind that he signed the First Step Prison Reform Act. 
that fleed over two, freed over 250,000 nonviolent black drug offenders who were sentenced under the overzealous guidelines of the 94 crime bill that was, by the way, written and referred to as the Joe Biden crime bill. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? We threw all of that prosperity out the window. We were energy independent. Gone. Border was secure. Gone. Inflation wasn't a thing. Gone. I mean, really think about this. Murder rate wasn't up 32% nationwide. That's gone because now it is. Okay, credibility on the world stage. We were getting NATO allies to pay their fair share. We were getting out of non-binding climate change agreements like the one in Paris, which didn't hold China accountable. It was symbolic, meaning the rest of the world was going to continue to pollute, but we were going to decimate our economy. That was the Paris Climate Change Agreement. No different than the Iranian nuclear deal signed by Barack Obama that gave $50 billion in cash assets to the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. The dumbest thing you've ever seen. But again, the Trump presidency got us past all of that. But our politics had become so petty and personal, we were like, oh, hell no. We got to get rid of this Trump guy just because we don't like the people who voted for him. So let's turn the country upside down. That's what politics became. And we're getting the bill for that now. Like we're literally getting the bill every time we fill up our cars, every time we try to go to the grocery store. We're getting a massively an exponentially higher bill because petty personal grievance politics got rid of a president that for all intents and purposes was a hot mess on Twitter. But he was doing right by the country. And if you want to tell me he couldn't handle covid, well, Joe Biden has presided over twice as many covid deaths as Donald Trump, despite inheriting not one, not two, but three vaccines. Joe Biden ran for president saying what? Anybody who presides over as many covid deaths as Donald Trump doesn't deserve to be president. Biden's presided over twice as many. Get him out of here. Get him out. Think about that. And now you've got a shortage of baby food. But Biden's out there bragging about his photo op. Here's Mika Brzezinski, someone I am no fan of, throwing the challenge flag. Clip 24. And as the president travels overseas here in the United States, his administration is working on the baby formula shortage. Thousands of pounds of formula from Europe are now on the way to U.S. hospitals and health providers after a shipment arrived in Indiana yesterday. A military plane carried Nestle's formula for babies with milk allergies. The USDA says it's enough to feed 9,000 babies and 18,000 toddlers for one week. So are they bragging about this? Because that's not something to brag about. That's bad news. She's right. Okay, she's 100% right. We're not getting out there and bragging to the world. Yeah! (laughs) We're bringing in baby formula from the other side of the world because we're all out of it here. That's not the flex that you think it is. It's embarrassing. We're America. We're the most prosperous and capable country on the planet. But every facet of our standard of living has been compromised under Joe Biden. I don't want to hear about a pandemic. I don't want to hear about Vladimir Putin. Because none of this is the end result of that. All of our problems were going on before Putin went into Ukraine. Okay, and when a whistleblower alerted us back in September that there was going to be an issue at a manufacturing plant, an issue that came to a head in February. Okay, that happened long before Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, and it had nothing to do with the pandemic or MAGA or ultra MAGA, or I can't believe it's not MAGA. 
This is just Biden dropping the ball again and again. And when Mika Brzezinski is telling you so, that's a real problem for the president. I think he's got a point. Okay. Anthony, he knows things. He's up in Burlington, Vermont. He's listening on WVMT. Yo, Anthony, what's going on, man? You are my man, Jimmy. Let me just tell you. Stop it. Right out of the gate, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that Jen actually announced she's working for MSNBC because I would pay big money, and I bet everybody would pay for the pay-per-view special of you and Jen Psaki just sitting down at the table chatting for an hour. I would kill. <laughs> I don't know that she's you showing know, up. I don't know that she's showing up to that or the meet and greet we're doing on June 17th. Are you going to be in town on the 17th? Dude, I am the meet and greet on the 17th. Oh, you stop it right now. You're going to be there? Oh, you just wait. Oh, yeah, of course I'm going to be there. I, we, I'm the one that organized it. Oh, me. I didn't know that. Get out of town. Well, we... We haven't announced it yet because we haven't heard the official word from your people. You're so big now. You have people, Jimmy. You stop. There's, there's you a, know that. If, well, listen, I don't know if you'd call them okay. people. These people have no souls. But, no, they're good folks. They're good folks. <laughs> uh, so, let me, so Jen Psaki is the brains of the operation. You know, I, I know everything that comes out of her mouth I disagree with. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But she is smart. Yep. She is funny. You can tell she's funny by the way she's equipped with, with Ducey, okay? Mm-hmm. And I really, really, really wish there was a way to, to just have you guys together. I think it would be it would be just a great show. Well, can I just jump in? Because I did have a drink with her at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I saw her at a cocktail party the Friday before the dinner, and we had like a couple of yucks, like a, a good exchange. We took a picture together, and I made a Kaylee McEnany joke that she laughed at. And she was nice mm-hmm. enough. Uh, but she is still part of this, I mean it, this other thing where I saw her at the party, the cocktail party, and we were like friends. Like, hello, pal, how are you? And we took a picture. The next night when yep. I saw her on the red carpet with all the cameras on, she was like, dude, don't oh, yeah. even look at me. <laughs> she was like, get out right. of here. <laughs> That's so, how you know that it's all an act. Yes! I mean, I'm just saying. I know! She, I think it would be so much fun to just hang out and, and see – it's got to be a pay-per-view thing. It's got to be like the <laughs> like Seinfeld, comedian in cars with yeah, yeah. getting coffee kind of thing. The two of you would be hysterical together. Well, listen, I'm going to invite Jen Psaki to the Spanked Puppy, which is where the meet and greet's going to be in Vermont. This is the first time I'm announcing uh, it on the show in honor of your appearance. Because my people have confirmed this. They've signed off on it. I just didn't actually— okay, well, maybe— Yeah, go ahead. Jimmy, I might be getting blown out because I'm the other guy on the morning show now. I know who you and are. They told me. Oh, God. I, I, they, I, they haven't told me, so maybe I'm, not, I'm the one that's not going to be there. <laughs> We've replaced Anthony with Jen Psaki. She's going to be on yeah. the air with Kurt Wright. I love that. This is a show. This is, this is a show. I'm changing my monthly hit a to show. a daily. I'm changing it to a daily. <laughs> okay. I'll send that memo out, too. But, yeah, you didn't hear it from me. Perfect. It's just two friends yeah. talking. The mics aren't even on right now. It's at the Spanked right, right. Puppy from 4 to 6 yes, it is. on Friday, June the yep. 17th. There you go. Anthony, breaking Perfect. news on the show. Good job, man. Feel free to this break some amazing. on your own now, and we'll, we'll do this again soon. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. You're the best, Thanks, buddy. Man. See you in Vermont. There he goes, the great Anthony. Uh, 888-788-9910. We have some other calls I want to get to pertaining to the abortion debate. But the one thing I would say is if you're listening on VMT in Vermont, uh, you're going to start to hear a promo for a meet and greet I'm going to be doing. It's going to be on Friday, June the 17th. I'm going to be doing my show up there with the VMT guys. I'm going to be doing the morning show that day, uh, unbeknownst to them. And uh, I'm going to be uh, in Colchester on 116 Main Street in Colchester, Vermont. Uh, It is Friday, June the 17th from 4 to 6 p.m. We're going to get rowdy because what else can you do? 
Okay, we're in a baby formula right now. MSNBC is criticizing Joe Biden. Okay, the world is on fire. It's time to roast a couple of marshmallows, and that's exactly what we'll be doing at the Spanked Puppy. That's not a euphemism. That is a fine establishment that I will be appearing at with my Fox pals Friday, June the 17th. You, my friends, stay right there. We're back after this. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I know there are laws against cruel and unusual punishment, but I've got to play you a clip from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Listen, I understand how all of you feel. AOC is a dope. And uh, that's not about to change after listening to this clip. It's clip 29. No person, no man, no person (laughs) can take your body can ethically take your body with and use it how they want without your consent. Whether and and that is exactly what Republicans are doing right now. They are taking women's bodies and forcing them, forcing themselves upon women's bodies, forcing their opinions, forcing their perspective on women's bodies without their consent. They are violating not just women, but trans people and non-binary people in this country. That is offensive and it is not true. That's a Harris Faulkner clip. I'll be on with her this Friday on the Faulkner Focus. But let's focus on the substance of what AOC just said, that the Republican effort Okay, to send Roe v. Wade back to the states and let people vote on it is in a forcing themselves on the bodies of women, trans and non-binary people. Okay, only women can get pregnant. Trans, non-binary, they cannot get pregnant. Number one. Number two, if you're going to talk to me about making people do things with their bodies against their choice, you probably shouldn't be from the party just forced vaccines on women, whether they wanted to get them or not. But this goes beyond a woman's body. And if you don't believe me, you can ask Marion, who is on the line in Tyler, Texas. Yo, Marion. Hello, Jimmy. My man. Hey, I enjoy your program. Thanks, buddy. I can prove through a hospital procedure that a baby is not part of a woman's body. Take it away. When the baby is, when the baby is born, they take records of handprints and footprints. Most people think it's just to commemorate the birth. No, it's a security system because if the baby loses its band separated from the mother, handprints and footprints are the only way they can immediately match the baby to the mother. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they take a blood test? Mm-hmm. Blood test doesn't prove who the mother is. Yeah. Blood test proves who the father is. It's a paternity test. Mm-hmm. So she had, I, I'm pro-choice. She had a choice not to have sex unprotected. She had a choice not to have a sex outside of marriage. And she had a a choice to carry the baby to term and give it up for adoption. Mm -hmm. So I'm pro-choice that way. But when you say that my body, my choice, Mm -hmm. the baby is not part of her body. In fact, her blood is toxic to the baby. If her blood goes down the umbilical cord and gets to the baby 
80% of the time when that happens, the baby dies. Listen, I, what you're saying is completely supported by science in that there are two separate bodies here. And we know a lot more about the evolution of that baby in the womb than we did even back in 1973, which is why they're not debating you, Marion. They're saying we're rapists, we're, you know, misogynists, <laughs> the patriarchy, because they don't want to have an honest conversation. Because this is one of those moments from A Few Good Men where Jack Nicholson yells, You can't handle the truth. They can't handle the truth you can handle the truth marion and i thank you for sharing it with me uh we're coming up on a hard commercial break but the game ball goes to you for that one because i really appreciated the logic oh girl it is fox across america with jimmy Fallon. A man who is not a biologist, a man who is not a doctor, but a man who can tell you with great confidence that men cannot get pregnant. I bring this up because Amy Arambod testified on Capitol Hill last week. We need to hear this one more time. She is the Democratic expert witness there to discuss abortion, there to discuss the potential repeal of Roe v. Wade. She tells us with a straight face that men can get pregnant. Not my words, hers. Here they are. Clip 31. What do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Okay. Um, do, do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions? Yes. They're crazy. <laughs> they are crazy. Because anyone can tell you there are vast biological differences. Between a man and a woman. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. But this has become a thing. And it's become a thing that's a liability for the Democratic Party. Even Bill Maher, I kind of discussed this yesterday, is distancing himself from the modern Democratic Party. Because understand, he's overwhelmingly liberal. He still runs with the whole Trump's a Russian thing. Says half the Republicans are white supremacists. Don't get me wrong. Bill Maher is a partisan shill, but he doesn't want to align himself with ab- actual insanity because he knows long term, once you blur those lines, you yourself become one of the crazy people who doesn't realize they went crazy. So here he is talking about abortion rights in the LGBT community. Clip 33. I'm just saying that when things change this much, this fast, people are allowed to ask, what's up with that? All the babies are in the wrong bodies? Was there a mix-up at the plant, like with Captain Crunch's Oops Old Berries? It wasn't that long ago when adults asked a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? They meant what profession? In the wake of America about to lose abortion rights, the ACLU recently tweeted a list of those who would be disproportionately harmed by this. You would think women might top that list. No, wasn't even on the list. Second on the list was LGBT. Really? Abortion rights affects gay and trans people more than, you know, breeders. (laughs) What the hell is the world coming to? It's a fair question to ask when you've got a Democratic witness called by the party on Capitol Hill telling you that men can get pregnant. Now, again, I don't have any medical credentials. Some of you don't want to take me at my word. So I have called in some professional backup. Uh, He is a superstar representative from the great state of North Carolina. And uh, he joins us now. Uh, Representative Greg Murphy is here. Hey, man, how are you? 
Hey, Jimmy, good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Well, we're, we're holding it together, but if you were the professor and you were grading my biology exam and I said men could not get pregnant, would you mark me correct or incorrect? You are correct. You are biologically and every other way correct. You can't <laughs> do it, and I don't care. You know, the, the, the progression of these folks is they're going to say they're rocks someday or they're trees. <laughs> Um, whatever they identify with. I don't care how you identify if you're not an XY and if you don't have, uh, I'm sorry, if you're not an XO and you don't have a uterine XX, sorry, I'm getting all my genes mixed up here. If you don't have an XX and you don't have a uterus, you don't have ovaries, fallopian tubes, you cannot get pregnant. That's crazy. But we have a Democratic witness on Capitol Hill saying that we can. And, like, my question to you is, okay, we know where the science is on this. This obviously comes from, like, a place of emotion or from some other type of motivation. But they have to know how crazy this sounds to rational human beings. Do they not care is the hope that they can social pressure us enough by calling us transphobes that we'll just throw out what we all know to be true? Is that the plan? Well, what is it? What was the saying, Jimmy, that if you say a lie enough, people start believing it? Mm -hmm. I mean, now we have a Supreme Court justice who cannot define what a woman is. Um, But, you know, give me a break. On the highest court of the land where we're supposed to have the most learned, smart, educated people, and she can't tell us what a woman is. Mm -hmm. And now we have these absolute crazies that are saying, you know, men can get pregnant. They, They live in a world that does not exist and the only people who are truly benefiting are the Chinese and the Russians because they're just laughing at at the uh, absolute decay of this society. That's a really great point. If you're just joining us, Representative Greg Murphy is on the line from the 3rd Congressional District of North Carolina. I would imagine some pretty solid Memorial Day barbecues in North Carolina, no? Oh, yes. They're coming up. They're coming up. You and I always talk barbecue, yep. but you know what the best barbecue is, right? <laughs> Eastern North but, Carolina barbecue. Well, it's funny. So this this coming Monday, I am on a, a show on Fox News called The Five. It's a Memorial Day special. And the whole thing is about it was like viewer questions about what we eat at barbecues and stuff like this. And I thought of you the whole time. I'm like, we got to get Murphy on the phone. They're asking uh, well, me. Let me be on there because I. I need to uh, I need to set the record straight for many, many mislost people if they're saying, uh, you know, there can be uh, the Texas barbecue or the Memphis barbecue or all these other things. It's Eastern <laughs> North Carolina pork barbecue, which is the real thing. Well, let me ask you a question. You, you, know, you know that. I know that. It's not about men being pregnant. It's about real barbecue. <laughs> Greg Murphy. Taking shots at my listeners and KTBB and Tyler and the roar of Memphis. Uh, do you have anything to say for my <laughs> listeners in Kansas City? Would you like to further throw this gauntlet down? Yeah, tell them to come east and actually come out to eastern North Carolina, and then you'll get to experience what true <laughs> a true taste of heaven is when we talk about barbecue. <laughs> we don't get enough barbecue smack talk and talk radio, so thank you for that. Um, <laughs> the the other well, the other food that's making headlines is not pork ribs; it's uh, baby formula. Let me ask you this, because yeah. I was really thinking about this when Biden goes out and posts a picture of, "Hey, we got baby formula flown in from Germany." Does he not realize it actually looks bad because we're admitting the most prosperous country in the world is facing a shortage that's unfathomable to most people? Yeah, I, well, you know, you and I know that he lives unless the, the presidency run, right now is being run by a teleprompter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, Jimmy, I've, uh, I've been very blessed to work in a lot of third world countries uh, over the last uh, 30 plus years, you know, throughout Africa, India, uh, Central America. 
those this what we're having here in the United States is a third world problem. And we're here in the United States, but this is 100% self-inflicted. You know, when uh, when there was a problem with Abbott Labs, which produces 40% of our baby formula, and the, uh, they were shut down and had to reformulate things. This happens in the uh, food industry all the time. But the fact that the FDA would not answer their calls, would not come back, would not would not approve their their uh, new policies, um, speaks volumes to the tone deafness of this administration. They simply um, either don't care, or um, or they're just ignorant and lazy. And I, I'd rather not think the latter. I'd not rather not think all of them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, here we are in this first world country, the greatest country on earth, having a third world problem. That's a great point. And, and I, I can't imagine a world where anybody ever thought this was possible, meaning, you know, listen, none of us had high expectations for a Biden presidency. But when you look at the combination, the aggregate of compromise in our quality of life, whether we're talking about inflation, baby food shortages and overrun border or even gas, gas prices have gone up nine straight days. And this is, you know, nearly two months after dipping into our strategic oil reserves, which has done nothing. If anything, it's depleted our ability to produce oil in a time of true crisis. But isn't that the answer to be ramping up production as opposed to Biden telling us we're just going through this glorious transition away from fossil fuels? Yeah, well, this is another self-induced crisis, Jimmy. If you look at so many of these things, crime in the streets, the southern border, inflation, now baby food. Yes, this is their, you know, Biden said he wanted to transform America. Does that mean turning it into a third world country? No, I don't see how he takes any joy or any uh, um, any uh, delight in saying now we're going to get uh, baby uh, formula from another country. Uh, this should be produced by its own, just like we should be producing our own oil and gas. Yep. And the fact that you know, in his first day of his presidency, he shut down American production and still to this day has put such onerous regulations on American oil and gas that they literally can't. We can't increase our production. The only way we're ever going to be re- increase our production is if uh, if Biden actually comes to his senses and the teleprompter reads so. Or we change the presidency in 2024, and God help this country until then. Oh, I know. It's just, it's such a mess. You know, and I say it every day. I expect the Democrats to get clobbered in the midterms, as we all do. But it's really just no consolation to the people that are suffering right now in real time. And when you see this effort, right. you know, this effort keeps being made to blame other people. Even Jennifer Granholm, the energy secretary, testified the other day that the policies aren't affecting the prices. And we all know the prices went up 14 months before Putin invaded Ukraine. Uh, But they're still out there trying to tell you Putin. And that's the thing that's so frustrating is the the effort to blame is so much greater than the effort to solve. But and and we agree there. So I don't want to belabor the point, but I wanted to bring up Russia because what we're learning right now this week, you know, in, in great substance, is that by the way, the Clinton campaign started the whole Russian collusion narrative. Did you follow that out of the Sussman trial? Yeah, definitely, definitely. She's culpable. She's culpable at the highest levels. And, uh, you know, President Trump was put through a farcical um, charade of justice or lack thereof during this entire um to entire disaster. And she is ultimately culpable for this. And I personally hope she goes to prison. I mean, she is the one who's responsible for this, for the for the lies that were told uh, to federal grand juries, to everything else. And, you know, I'm not saying that to be bombastic. I'm not saying it to be, uh, mm-hmm. you know, make headlines. It's just a reality. Yeah. Um, if there's ever been a crook in uh, in politics, 
in the last, uh, good Lord, two decades, it's been Hillary Clinton. And she should have to uh, have to respond to that, actually have to, uh, you know, pay uh, pay the price for it. Yeah, I mean, it's wildly deceitful, especially when you realize that they give the report to a reporter. They give it to the reporter and then go out and tweet that they've been informed there's something going on with Trump and the Alpha yeah. Bank. And I, I think yeah. what gets minimized in these discussions is people don't realize you know, how that really did tie up the Trump presidency for the better part of three years. You know, when you talk about undermining faith in democracy, it's three years of them telling us Russia's running our government and it's based on a rumor they started. So I'm actually with you. I don't think I don't think we're being sensationalist and demanding real accountability for them. Um, But do you get the feeling in watching this? I mean, uh, the Durham probe has really impressed me because it hasn't been leak after leak like the Mueller probe. But I don't think the Durham probe is being governed by politics. It's not a soft coup attempt as opposed to the Mueller probe, which really did seem designed not to find collusion, but to find a moment where Trump self-destructed, fired Mueller and created the perception that there was a there there. Is that your assessment of the Mueller probe, really, though, that the process was the punishment? Uh, Indeed. And if you look at uh, during his entire presidency, you know, Adam Schiff, Mm-hmm. Adam Schiff, the biggest, uh, you know, I'm not going to have personal attacks, but the man deceived the American public. And that's just saying it very, very gently, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy. Yep. He, he deceived it. He knew what this was entirely, um, and he knew the entire truth. And he 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 uh, he deceived the American people day after day after day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, God bless President Trump for continuing during this entire thing, because a lot of other folks— would have buckled because this was flat out lie after lie after lie. And the Democrats, of course, loved every day of it. And the American people, a good portion of which bought the lies. But now that the truth's coming out, I, uh, you know, it's just one calamity after another for the Democratic Party. And we'll see that in the midterms. Yeah, it really is. Well, listen, I I admire you for not taking uh, the route of personal attack. Although I should remind you, you have slandered three states in their barbecue in the process. (laughs) I've slandered them. I've tried to lead them to the promised land. And sometimes a gentle rebuke. A gentle rebuke is what's needed. So, oh, I um, love it, man. Is there is? Let me yeah, ask you this. Yeah. So is it Eastern Carolina barbecue specifically that you, you plant your flag in, or is it just Carolina as a whole? Uh, I, you know, I'll tolerate the Western Carolina barbecue, but every all, every bite makes me longing for the Eastern North Carolina barbecue. Wow. Just, you know, <laughs> once you've tasted heaven, it's, it's hard to go to purgatory. You know what I'm saying? That's a strong showing out of the 3rd Congressional District today, especially on Memorial Day weekend. We needed this. So good. thanks for mixing it up with us. We'll do it again soon, all right? Great. Thank you, Jimmy. Have a great day. Be well, brother. There he goes. Representative Greg Murphy from the 3rd Congressional District of North Carolina telling you Eastern Carolina barbecue is the way in the truth. And I got to be honest, if you've ever eaten it, I'm not about to slander my Texans, man, because you guys fed me some of the best barbecue on the planet. But that Eastern Carolina, the pulled pork, is really, it is world class. The thing that's happened to me over the course of like the last two years of my career is, you know, what's prioritized in the Fela house, and you probably know this by now because I'm always telling you about how, like, you know, I eat so much that Fox hired a guy to stop me from eating in between commercial breaks. Put that cookie down now! And I'm kind of joking. Obviously, they don't have, we don't have the budget for that. <laughs> I'm not a big enough show, okay? There's probably shows here that, yeah, you know, you could get that guy on the staff. But the point is we do love food. And as my career has sort of flourished in the last couple of years, the things we have invested in all pertain to food.
Uh, we got a world-class Blackstone that we like. We have an electric smoker. You know, not things that are expensive, just things that are good because we really like to cook food. And the production uh, that Jenny and I throw together, we can anybody who you hear on this air from Fox that's come over to our house to one of J- Jenny's feeding slash hazing rituals will tell you, like, we can cook meat, specifically pork and ribs and steak with anybody anywhere in the country. So as much as I like the smack talk out of Representative Murphy, uh, you know, I am pretty confident in our own abilities. Like Jenny and I are the team nobody wants to play. Uh, And I say that uh, to everybody, not just the Eastern Carolinians. But if you are listening uh, anywhere but Texas, because the Texans showed up, Randall and the guys with all the ribs and brisket love and the country tavern, all of you guys are are doing something that is truly next level. Like, you know, when people say, like, if Trump's running in 2024, I'm not running. Okay, if the Texans are running in 2024 in a rib cook off, I'm probably not running. But I'll take on just about anybody else out there. Okay, so you heard it from me first. But we got to take a quick break. We're back after this. The show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. Tonight, on an all-new intervention, we go inside the disturbing new addiction that's bringing America to its knees. My name is Doug Fritz, and I am addicted to watching the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. I was changing channels, and I heard a tape recording of this drunk guy rambling, and I was like, hmm, this is kind of fun. Next thing you know, I hadn't showered in days, and I was drunk, too. It's like I became Johnny Depp. Watching the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial was a high like nothing I'd ever felt before. It made me feel way better than my own marriage. Not to mention my drinking, my spending, my hygiene, even my acting, because, man, was Amber terrible. I started skipping work. I I missed my son's t-ball game. I watched on my phone during meetings. At the gym, at the grocery store. And then I hit rock. My wife and I began fighting just like Johnny and Amber. And I pooped in his bed. Intervention. The watching the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial epidemic. This is disgusting. Night at 9 on A&E. Shut up for the couch is next. Oh, it is (laughs) fun. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And I know that sketch was a little highbrow for this show. But I did want to update you on the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Uh, Depp's lawyers have filed a motion to dismiss the defamation suit. It was thrown out by a judge. They are currently in recess right now. Uh, And we can confirm that no couches or beds were harmed in the making of that sketch. Uh, We got a big talk coming up in the next hour with Sean Davis from The Federalist about the Democratic Party and their plan to win back voters. It's a doozy. You're not going to want to miss it. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. We're broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, lacing him up for an all-skate in this hour, Sean Davis. He is, of course, CEO of The Federalist, good friend of this program, uh, is coming by to play the teams on the schedule. And we got a lot of wacky teams on the schedule in this hour. There's monkeypox going on. Uh, so you might want to avoid the new Democratic woke children's book, 
by Curious George. Uh, we're also going to be talking about this abortion battle and a lot of shameless race baiting out of the Democratic Party as it pertains to voter suppression, where we were told the new Georgia voter ID law is Jim Crow on steroids. Well, lo and behold, Georgia's early voting turnout is up 220 percent. Is anybody acknowledging in the media that moving the Major League All-Star game and calling everyone in the Georgia State Legislature a white supremacist isn't actually being supported by the facts of the vote count? The answer would be no. And this is why we can't have nice things. Okay, we are plagued in this moment. At a time when there's a shortage of baby formula, there is a surplus in our politics of just straight up. You know what I say every day? Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a. Well, let me play you this clip from Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. Who wants you to believe that Americans now have a comfort level with their economic situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't afford gas. Inflation's at a 40-year high. But Americans are comfortable now. You don't have a clue. Listen to this. And the metric she goes with. And they get real creative now. Okay, Biden, according, according to the polling, most recent Quinnipiac polling shows 70 percent of Americans say the country is headed in the wrong direction. Seventy percent of Americans. Now, understand that includes 67 percent of Democrats. OK, so right now in this moment, there are 33 percent of the Democrats, 33 percent of the Democrats registered voters, 33 percent believe the country is headed in the right direction. Only 33 percent. Scientists have a word for people who think they're heading in the right direction. They're called crazy. Bingo. Okay, this country's being run into the ground right now. That's not really open for debate. But Nancy Pelosi, with a straight face, goes out and finds a new metric, the $400 emergency. According to Nancy Pelosi, 70% of Americans can withstand a $400 emergency, otherwise known as a tank of gas under Joe Biden. But here is Pelosi saying everything's fine. It's clip 12. What we've seen even this morning, uh, that nearly 70% of the American people now say they could withstand a $400 emergency. That's almost a reverse of what we had a couple of years ago. Another figure is that higher than that, into the 70s, uh, the American people have said they have a comfort level with their, uh, with their economic situation. Are you stupid or something? Okay, this guy who's in the White House right now has the worst rankings on the economy since Hoover, the guy who was actually in office for the stock market collapse, for the Great Depression. The guy who had towns named after him, they were called Hoovervilles, okay, because people were living in shanties because they were destitute under Hoover. Okay, Joe Biden is doing straight Hoover stuff to our economy. And Nancy Pelosi's out there with a straight face going, nah, everything's fine. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. There's more of them out there, okay? Here is Adrian Elrod on MSNBC with a straight face saying there's a lot for the Biden administration to be proud of. It's clip 15. If you embrace the Biden agenda, it's going to get you far. Um, you know, there, there's a lot to run on here. The economy is doing well. I realize inflation is an issue the Biden administration is trying to address. But we have record job growth under this administration. Um, we have um, jobs that people actually want to be working in that are high wage and income earning jobs. Um, there's a lot to be proud of. Um, and there's a lot to talk about. You're a loony. 
<laughs> There's a lot to be proud of with Joe Biden's record. That is a fact check false. Yo, getting past the inflation. Dude, inflation is everything. Inflation and gas, which is driving inflation. Diesel, which is driving the inflation. Okay, you're paying for this stuff twice. Do you understand? You're paying more at the pump, but you're paying more for goods because of what all the manufacturers are paying at the pump. You're getting hit twice, and it's all because of Joe Biden. But these these are the Democrats. Here's Stephanie Cutter at ABC. By every metric, this country has moved forward thanks to Joe Biden. Listen, she'll say it with a straight face. You got to at least hear her out. Here it is, clip 16. Well, you know, the president has put forward a, an agenda to deal with inflation. We saw how quickly he worked uh, on the infant formula uh, crisis. He's handling Ukraine, pulling the world together uh, and rebuilding alliances against um, authoritarian governments like Putin. Um, you know, by any metric, with the exception of inflation, this country has moved forward under his uh, leadership. But gas However, prices and inflation, that's a big well, metric. It, it is a big metric. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. This is insanity. The media is a bunch of losers. They re- <laughs> By any metric, except for you know, aside from the biggest one in the world, I mean, by any metric, the Titanic was a really great cruise. You know, getting past the iceberg and the sinking thing. By any metric, I mean, did you try the entrees? Even the orchestra, they kept playing right on the deck as the boat went down. I mean, as cruises go, it's a nice cruise. I don't understand. By any metric, when you use the phrase by any metric, there's not supposed to be a caveat. By any metric means... Any metric. But in this instance, we need a carve out. Why? Because inflation caused by Biden and the runaway spending has run the country into the ground. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Biden tried telling us what uh, over in Tokyo. It's part of an incredible transition away from fossil fuels. No, this is a good thing, you guys. Here it is. Clip 20. Here's the situation. When it comes to the gas crisis. Uh, We're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that, God willing, when it's over, we'll be stronger and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels when this is over. I mean, dude. (laughs) So that's the thing now. Okay, gas is, you know, 535 a gallon. I filled up my Bronco this morning for 535 a gallon. Dude, that's insanity. Okay, and it's. Now we've been reduced to, well, God willing. Okay, here's Corinne Jean-Pierre, who is clearly wildly overmatched as White House press secretary because, again, there are millions of black women who could do a phenomenal job as White House press secretary. Corinne Jean-Pierre is not one of them. He knows what he's talking about. She's terrible. And they gave her the gig to literally to check a box. We want a black woman who's a lesbian. Woo! Inclusion. Equity. Diversity, come on down. Dude, we already tried that once in our government, okay? And it didn't really work out. And if you don't believe me, check the vice president's office. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Kamala's an idiot, and straight up, so dumb she studied for a COVID test. And she got the gig because Biden made a point to say, we want a black woman on the ticket. Listen, fine. You know how many zillions of competent, capable, intelligent, brilliant black women out there 
I know them. I know a lot of them. I live in New York. I drove a cab for a long time. Okay? Black women are incredible, and they're smart. That doesn't mean Kamala Harris happens to be one of them. Doesn't mean Karine Jean-Pierre happens to be one of them. Okay, listen to this answer she gives on gas prices. Peter Ducey says, so what should Americans do to come up with the extra cash for gas right now? How do they, what do they do? You're the White House. What advice can you give them? What help? What consolation? What direction? She goes into a Kamala-esque word salad that ends on Putin's price hike, meaning you don't get an answer. Here it is, clip 28. Americans are now spending $5,000 a year on gasoline. That's almost double what they did a year ago. Where are people supposed to go to get all that extra cash? To get the extra cash to pay for gas? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that we've been very clear about is to do everything in our power uh, to make sure uh, that we lower costs. Uh, you know, it is important. We see it. The president understands what the American people is, are, is going through. Uh, and that's why uh, we're doing everything that we can. We've made uh, multiple announcements in the past uh, several several months of what we're doing, whether it's the strategic uh, petroleum reserve, whether it's the ethanol 15, to make sure that uh, that uh, that the American people are not feeling Putin's uh, price hike. She's worse than Kamala. And that's saying something. Did you see that? That was a non-answer. Well, I mean, one of the things we're very clear about is we're doing everything in our power. The question was, what should people do to come up with extra money? And what did she give you in return? Okay, we've made multiple announcements, whether it's the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Yo, since the Strategic Petroleum Reserve was tapped into, the gas prices, are you ready for this? They're now 50 cents higher. This could be a problem. 50 cents higher. And you understand that those strategic oil reserves are only there if something debilitating happens to our ability to produce oil, meaning there's a war, meaning there's an act of God, meaning there's a storm. Okay, that's why we have strategic oil reserves. In this instance, we cut into them because Biden was concerned with his poll numbers And it didn't even help the problem. Not even close. The problem is up. It's up. It's 50 cents higher right now than it was before we tapped into our, again, strategic oil reserves. But that's Corinne Jean-Pierre. We got to make sure that the American people are not feeling Putin's price hike. Well, here's the deal, man. Okay, a lot of them weren't feeling Putin's price hike for 14 months, but they were feeling Biden's price hike. Correct the mundo. Because prices went up for 14 straight months before Putin invaded Ukraine. And Putin invading Ukraine is only adversely affecting our prices now because we're no longer energy independent. Meaning it was Biden's. This was a crisis of Biden's making. But you understand traditional politicians. Okay, don't worry about you. They're worried about them. They're worried about power. Nancy Pelosi eating $29 pints of ice cream. Nancy Pelosi doing what? Telling you, no, no, the economy's fine. That's no. There's a level of comfort in this country right now. You know, people are so good at logging on to OnlyFans and selling naked pictures of their body to make ends meet. I mean, it's, you know, there's just a level of comfort now. Have you seen the webcams? Have you seen what's gone on with prostitution and drug dealing in this country? Because under Joe Biden, it's really the only way for a lot of Americans to get by. Yo, every time they tell you about job creation, they're talking about reclamation. They're talking about jobs that went away because of the pandemic that came back when we lifted the restrictions. That's not a new job. That's the old job. You just got it back. The analogy I make all the time is if Jenny comes to her senses and throws me out of the house tonight, 
if she has a weak moment a week from now and lets me back into the house, I don't get to claim I got a new house. I moved back into the old one. That's what's happening with our job market. These aren't new jobs. We haven't created jobs. There's no surging part of the economy. The only people hiring, uh, okay, new jobs that didn't exist prior to the pandemic are the drug cartels. Because they've never had such an easy time trafficking drugs and people into this country that they're short-staffed. Seriously. You want to get a good gig, go work for a cartel. They're hiring. It's madness what's going on. And the Democrats are telling you, no, no. Listen to Nancy Pelosi. Americans have a comfort level right now. They're just so comfortable walking. They're just, you know, look at all the steps they're getting in on their Fitbit. They've never been so comfortable now that they can't pay for gas. Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Then and now. Ordering baby formula then. Excuse me, could I get by? I'm just trying to get two cases of baby formula to throw in my cart. Of course. Let me help you with that. How old's the baby? She's two months. Oh, that's so sweet. Here you go. Thank you. Have a nice day. Ordering baby formula now. Excuse me, could I get by? I'm, I'm just trying to get two cases of baby formula. Over my dead body? Those are my cases. Hey, I saw them first. How old is that baby? Two months? Give it a bottle of milk. I've got your bottle right here. Ah! Have a nice day. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And yes, if you want to buy baby formula under Joe Biden, you got to have a stiff jab. You got you to be able to fight your way out of the store. I mean, it's listen, I make light of it, but it's, it's sad. We live in America. This isn't supposed to happen. Mika Brzezinski, I played this clip earlier. This is stunning stuff. A morning, Joe, I, I consider this one of the most unwatchable spectacles in the history of television. But Mika Brzezinski flat out called out Biden for the same reasons I did. When you're bragging that you just imported baby formula from Germany, that's not something to be proud of. You're saying, hey, we screwed up here in America. But here's Biden bragging to the rest of the world. Look what we did. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just they're not respecting our country the way they used to. 
Here's even Mika Brzezinski agreeing with Donald Trump. It's clip 24. And as the president travels overseas here in the United States, his administration is working on the baby formula shortage. Thousands of pounds of formula from Europe are now on the way to U.S. hospitals and health providers after a shipment arrived in Indiana yesterday. A military plane carried Nestle's formula for babies with milk allergies. The U.S. DA says it's enough to feed 9,000 babies and 18,000 toddlers for one week. So are they bragging about this? Because that's not something to brag about. That's bad news. Biden sucks. Straight up. Okay, he's now bragging. Look, under my leadership, we're able to import baby formula from the other side of the world when we run out because of my leadership. That's Mika Brzezinski. A member of the group who told us Biden's election meant the adults were back in the room. Remember this one? Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room. It it seems as though we have a, a professional adult once again in the White House who's just simply doing the work. Really, the the theme, I would say, is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um, There is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. I'm surrounded by idiots. That's right! The adults are back in the room! That's the good news. The bad news is they're also back behind the wheel. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We've been having some real talk. I mean, I'm pretty upfront about the fact that if America was a house that was up for sale right now, it's probably listed as a fixer-upper. And we're going to discuss that. Maybe we can turn it around with my radio property brother. He is the co-founder and CEO of The Federalist. I mean, if you ask people on Twitter, he's either a proud patriot fighting for your freedoms or a complete lunatic. I happen to think he's both, and I love talking to him. Sean Davis is back. Hey, man. Howdy. I'll tell you, since we're now in the home reno business, I think America needs to get past the open floor plan. (laughs) We need walls. That's pretty funny. It work. <laughs> Are you you saying you prefer to shut the front door of our American house? Is that what you're telling me, David? One hundred percent, absolutely. Isn't that so crazy? I don't even want the storm door open. <laughs> you know, you don't even switch it out in the spring. You take, you get rid of the glass for the screen. No, it's all wood and it's closed and then it's locked. <laughs> I'm dying because it's like it's so funny that this even became a point of debate. Like no sane nation is out there saying, yeah, just, you know, well, whoever comes in comes in. But somehow we got to this place in our politics. And I, I would like to remind our listeners that everybody who said, you know, build bridges and not walls and walls are racist, all voted for walls. They voted for walls under Bush. And Obama voted for walls under Bush. Did he not? Yeah, but that was like different because reasons and stuff. <laughs> There's never been a dumber time to be alive, man. Oh, oh, don't just wait. Just wait. <laughs> I'm 
dying over here. Well, let me ask you this. There's so many, so many places to go since we last spoke. Uh, I want to jump in on this Pelosi thing because we were just talking about the economy and we'll get to everything else next. Now, you know, you know, like they're in a really bad spot with data right now. You know, if it's like 70 percent of the country says we're going the wrong way, if 30 percent of the Democratic Party says we're going the right way, you know, by definition, they've lost their own party. They're getting very creative with how they're sharing data. And Nancy Pelosi's metric today was, well, most Americans can survive a four hundred dollar emergency. So that means everything is fine. Uh, is she hitting the, the, the box of Merlot a little early in the day? Like, how did that become an, an acceptable rationale for the economy? Well, I think she looks at the clock and says it's 9 a.m. somewhere, and then sometimes you just got to throw a crazy straw into your box wine. Uh, yeah, remember, this is the woman who during the uh, the height of the pandemic and the lockdown, when people were banned from going to work and they didn't have money and they were kind of terrified that everything around them was imploding, she was doing videos eating like $10 a pint ice cream in front of her $10,000 fridge saying, calm down, everyone. Things are great. <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite thing. I can tell you I had someone yelling at me, a former member of the Obama administration. Uh, it was messaging me from his mansion up in Martha's Vineyard telling me that, you know, it's beneath me to be saying these lockdowns are bad. And I was like, yeah, it's really easy for you to champion lockdowns when you live in a house that has a private plane runway and a butler and a staff. It's pretty easy for you to stay home. There's no moral imperative to go to work. But they're just that out of touch that in their head this stuff makes sense. I mean, is that what you would ascribe it to? Because I don't know how else to say you know, that they, you know, them getting out here with a straight face, like I was watching Adrian Elrod on MSNBC earlier say, well, Americans have a lot to be proud of and excited about under Joe Biden. And I don't really have that American calling into my show and telling me there's a lot to be proud of. Yeah, I, I feel like Pelosi's motto is let them eat froze. <laughs> like they, they don't care. Like they don't care. They have no perspective. A lot of people use the, um, term the Acela class or the laptop class. Mm -hmm. But in general, the people who, who are kind of just fine with everything imploding around them are that way because they have nothing really at stake. I mean, what's Pelosi worth? Several hundred million dollars. Yeah. Um, it, it's they don't not only do they not have to get up and make things with their hands and make a sale in order to eat every day. They don't even know people who have to do that. They don't go and fill up their own cars. They're driven everywhere. Like, they don't have to buy their own plane tickets. They use their congressional budgets funded by us to do it. They are utterly divorced um, from, from the reality of everyday life. And it reminds me of Lucille Bluth and Arrested Development. I mean, honestly, Michael, what could a banana cost? $10? <laughs> They're nuts. <laughs> it's true. Sean Davis is on the line. He is the co-founder and CEO of The Federalist. We're having a grown-up talk, a big boy, a big girl, a big they, a big them talk about uh, all things going on here in the country right now. And I bring up the they's and them's because there was a report out yesterday about Disney charging a family of four eighty four hundred and eighty dollars to get in. That's not inclusive to me. Like, I feel like the prices are keeping more people out of the park than the pronouns, Sean Davis. Yeah, I mean, their prices are bonkers. Uh, and by the way, their whole property is fenced, just FYI. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no getting in. Without paying up, you can't just climb Space Mountain and take a selfie at the top. I don't. I don't think so. I. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, it's um. When I was growing up, when I was a little kid, and I'm dating myself, like it. It, it was. 
Disney was never cheap, but it was something that was attainable for like normal families that mm-hmm. weren't made of money. And it was like a really special, neat thing mm-hmm. uh, to be able to go and do that. But your family didn't have to like sell the house and then sell one of their children to a slave labor camp in China in order <laughs> to be able to afford it. it it's but but I mean, obviously, the Disney of 2022 is not the Disney of 1990 or 1980. It, it's a massive global media corp that just happens to have a theme park that it uses to make people feel warm and fuzzy uh, about a a corporation that really makes its decisions based on what the Chinese market is going to like. Oh, it's such a good point, because when this this whole thing got cooked up about Florida and the air quote, don't say gay bill, what was so fascinating is, you know, you didn't hear a lot about it, but they're actually doing business with Disney Plus in 12 countries that criminalize gay activity. So it's not even don't say gay. It's like you better not say gay or you got like a real problem on your hands. But I think and this is why I brought him up. But I wanted to ask you this. Do you think on some level, though, the blowback they got specifically from Florida and the state legislature has kind of been, um, you know, the canary in the coal mine, if you will, for other corporations to kind of steer clear of the abortion debate? Because there's not as much activism as I expected on a corporate level over this Roe v. Wade repeal. Or do you think it's just waiting until we get an actual SCOTUS ruling? Oh, I I think it's a little bit of waiting. But but to your point, there was this State Farm insanity where State Farm was apparently sending gender-bending, completely inappropriate books to schools to to groom kids and Mm -hmm. and to just – sexual nuttery Mm -hmm. and then as soon as the public got wind of it they were out there saying actually we're not doing that anymore we're cutting it off please leave us alone we're with you that there is a point to this culture warfare Mm -hmm. and it's that if you want to win you actually have to fight it you can't just sit back and say let the free market work we don't have to get involved culture wars are icky no you actually have to like get down and get dirty and get involved which is what people like chris rupo have been doing Mm -hmm. there has to be a price to be paid for companies that want to do that. And and Disney is paying in spades right now. Yeah. And you know what? And rightfully so, because they were gaslighting the country. Like when they were saying, oh, Florida's banning gay people, we all know that not to be true. And I just want to call it out, because if we don't say something now, pretty soon we'll have politicians saying that Georgia's suppressing votes, even though turnups out to 200 percent. Well, Stacey Abrams said that. She said uh, suppression oh, isn't... Just because votes go up doesn't mean people weren't suppressed. So, it's my favorite no, thing in the Stacey, world. It's my favorite. That's literally what it means. <laughs> it's, like, it's, my, it's my favorite thing in the world that we're living in the death of shame, Sean Davis, where people will literally get out and, and understand these people who are getting out there and saying they're still being suppressed also really ripped off the black community in Atlanta when they took the All-Star game to Denver. You know, they took a hundred million dollars worth of commerce out of there under the grounds that asking someone for a license was voter suppression, which is insane. And Yamiche Alcindor took it a step further yesterday, and she flat out said, like, Republicans don't want black people to be citizens. But if we're asking you for a license, you have to be a citizen to have one. So we're actually asking you for proof of citizenship. We're not trying to deny it. So is this like all they have left? Is this just what we're down to now? It's just racism and, until it ends? Well, it's whatever they have to say in the moment to get to the next moment. That's it. They, like, it doesn't matter if they move from one narrative to, to the other within seconds. It, it reminds me of Orwell's 1984. Um, we're no longer at war with, with Eurasia. We're at war with East Asia. We've always been at war with East Asia. <laughs> they will say and do anything. Um, for example, 
this whole thing about boys becoming girls. Yeah. Okay, if you're going to go out there and you say boys and girls aren't different and one can just be the other, there is nothing you won't say to get your way. It is purely about power, and words are just the things they have to use to get the power they want in any given moment. That's such a great point. We're talking to Sean Davis, and you know it's it's so funny to me because the transactional nature of what you just described. You know, we had a, a pregnant man emoji which came in every color, which I appreciated because that way people of every ethnicity could tell their friends and family that they failed biology. I did think it was a nice it was a nice note of inclusion. But we went from, you know, men can get pregnant to abortions, a woman's right to choose to the, so men shouldn't have an opinion. To we had a congressional expert last week testify on Capitol Hill that, again, men could get pregnant. Did you catch that woman? Uh, 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 did I catch that what, Jimmy? <laughs> Get him out of here. He's canceled. I'm not a biologist. <laughs> Good for you. Did you have that? So, so the clip, it's like my favorite thing in the world. Can You know, what's a woman? Anything who wants to be a woman? Can a man get pregnant? Yes. Like, I guess, I mean, honestly, it just it validates what you said earlier is the words. It just doesn't matter. Words are the vessel through which they're getting power. And they've taken all meaning away. So we are in a weird way. Do you co-sign my theory as my property brother that we're living in the death of shame? Oh, we're so past the death of shame. We're so far past it. But so I, I, I endorse your theory and I go further. Okay. Shame died a long time ago. <laughs> we've actually, we've since knocked over the urn, smoked some of the ashes and moved on with our day. It's bad. Shame is so dead that it is now registered to vote as a Democrat in the city of Chicago. <laughs> Sean Davis with the alley-oop. That was fantastic. Uh, do you stay in the Swamp Memorial Day weekend or you try to get the hell out of there? Oh, my gosh. I don't know yet. It's the worst. It's <laughs> so bad. I, I would listen. I would I don't mean to compete, but I think New York has you beat right now. Like New York is that bad. We just had another subway shooting and Eric Adams gets to the podium and he goes, I just, you know, I want to thank God I'm the mayor right now. And I'm like, why? So you don't have to ride the subway and get shot at by the rest of us. And what other reason is it good that we have him as the mayor? Oh, I want to argue with you at all. New York is absolutely worse. There, there's no there's no debate about it. No, it's crazy. Like I said, my, my family wanted to come here Memorial Day weekend, but they decided to go somewhere safer like Kiev. Like, no, we'll go to we'll go to Ukraine instead. It's a it's just dumb. And uh, the weird thing is they don't nobody who runs one of these cities, nobody who runs, runs any of these cities actually puts any effort into solving any of these problems like the perception of we care is so much more important than the reality of everyone's getting mowed down like new york is that bad right now and we're still having discussions about like systemic racism and maybe bill de blasio should run for congress i mean are you do not are you donating to that campaign if it happens uh, <laughs> i think i'll steer clear of that one but you know it's it's not just new york or dc it's chicago too you yeah. have Lori lightfoot who is having like dozens of murders every weekend, and you have Mayor Beetlejuice just whistling through the graveyard, attacking those mean Republicans because it's all their fault. It's just an endless straw man argument. But the good news is she's reading banned books again. Did you see that that Lori Lightfoot photo op where she was reading a book in the library and and tried I did to? That. Pop- I, I, I love it so banned that she can just go to the library and grab it. <laughs> that's that's how scarce it is.
All right, listen. The quote of the day is that we come full circle back to Chicago. Shame is now registered to vote Democrat in Chicago. Game ball to you, Sean Davis. We'll talk soon. Thank you, sir. Take care. You're the best, buddy. There he goes. There we go back after this. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. You can watch me. On Gutfeld this Thursday night at 11 o'clock, myself and Fox's lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, getting the band back together. Uh, But long before I take the stage, there's a fellow by the name of Todd Pyro who's getting ready to burn it down tonight. And he joins us in studio for a little pregame. This is like when the wrestlers come see me and Gene Okerlund. So you're like, I don't know, Bobby the Brain Heenan or Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. I don't know. But you're, you're just basically detailing how it's about to go down at SummerSlam. How are you feeling, champ? I'm feeling great. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I feel solid. Um, all joking aside, what I love about this show, mm. when I think back to young Todd in college mm-hmm. watching the late-night comedy shows, mm-hmm. thinking to myself, in a dream world, someday I'll be on one of these shows. Uh-huh. And now, thanks to one Greg Gutfeld, who you refer to as the midget of comedy. No, the lovable comedy dwarf. He's there lovable. Close enough. Okay. Um, I email the team, hey, here's when I'm available to do your awesome show. And they say, sure. <laughs> I w- and this show is number one in the, country in the country when it comes to late night comedy shows. I wish 44-year-old Todd Pyro, who's fat, I'm telling <laughs> you right now, he is getting fat. I wish he could tell... The kid in college that one day this was going to be his reality. <laughs> well, the kid in college actually has a message for 44-year-old Todd Pyro. Just hear it out. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- look at you. Well, so he's, he's a little hard. <laughs> and he's right. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Pyro is in the house uh, dealing with some fork and knife related issues, as we all are. The problem is, and me and Jenny Fallon are having this conversation, it's Memorial Day weekend now. You know the old, if you can't tone it, tan it? We're officially there. I mean, it's this over. is this is the weekend. You, you passed the Rubicon. If you didn't make it by this Friday, you're down to tanning. You're down to going on the baggy shirt diet, as I am wont to do. Be like, hey, your face looks thin. It's it because I'm wearing a, a triple XL T-shirt. <laughs> it thins out the face, Todd Pyro. Why go to the gym? Just go. You can go to Jim's Bar and Grill under my plan. You just wear the baggier shirt. But it is amazing to think you're right that you're sitting down tonight. You'll be performing on the highest rated late night show in the country. It's amazing. And uh, it's earned because we're on that show having fun. We're making fun of each other. I'm always trashing Greg. He's always trashing me. And I know it goes for everybody on the show. And I think that's the real escapism is people can laugh at themselves on that show in a way that they can on other shows. Would you not agree? A hundred percent. So there's that. But also we're talking truth. We're talking the truth that the people are experiencing right now in our country. And fortunately, because Greg is Phenomenal at the job that he does of moderating and facilitating. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. He's able to bring the best out of everybody to facilitate that discussion in both a serious way when it needs to be serious, but also funny when it should be funny. And he's great at that. That's true. You want to know what, though? You just, in my head, it just kind of crystallized. It's the fact that what we're prioritizing is on a traditional late night show, they're prioritizing Hollywood glamour and glitz. Who's got a new movie coming out? And that's what all the guests are doing. They're promoting movies, you know, they're promoting new TV shows. We're just talking about issues that face regular people. 
and we happen to have you know high profile media gigs, but we're our, our media gigs are, are completely you know beholden to covering things everyday people are affected by. So I think that's the hook. I think I, honestly, in this moment, I think we just figured it out. It goes beyond like we don't take ourselves serious, and the other guys aren't funny. I also think we're just on the same wavelength as our audience. Does that make sense? That's a great point. I never thought about it like that, but I think you're right. Because think about it, on these shows. They're interviewing an actor from the movie that, when it premieres this weekend, could place seventh Mm -hmm. in the box office. Who cares? Thank you. There's a reason nobody's tuning into that. We're talking about the one, two, three, four, and five top issues that Americans are talking about. Thank you. So you basically, we're all one and the same. So you're telling me everyone listening right now is fat, too. That, that's reassuring. I feel better now. I was feeling bad about it. I love you fatties out there. <laughs> Fox actually hired a guy, I say this all the time, to follow me around between hits. Put that cookie down now. <laughs> but he's gone. And Todd Pyro is off to do Gutfeld. Watch him on Fox and Friends First every morning from 4 to 6 with the lovely Carly Shimkus. The show's over. Pay up. Get out. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.